welcome to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, And join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. It's one of 30 episodes you'll be getting across November 2021, all for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte, and today you're hearing Nicoletta's story. Nicoletta is a lawyer and pancreatic cancer activist, which I adore as a description. And I think we should all be pancreatic cancer activists. Nicoletta's dad died from pancreatic cancer 10 years ago. And you'll hear it was a fortnight between diagnosis and his death. So my dad was uh, a diplomat. He was an ambassador, actually. So this meant that we travelled a lot. As kids, up until the age of 17, I mostly grew up abroad. And what sort of, what really impressed me about him, apart from the fact that he was, you know, he had a great sense of humor, he was a really good dad, really, really loved his kids and his wife, um, was how hard he and my mum tried to really inject a sense of normalcy into what really wasn't a normal upbringing. So um, we sort of tried to keep some traditions, you know, going out together on Sundays. He'd always call when he was abroad. He'd always sort of take an interest in our schoolwork, bless his heart. Um, I mean, he wasn't good at sort of keeping up to date with it, Um, but he tried. And I think that what I really remember about him was the emphasis he placed on sort of satisfying our questions. So I was a really curious kid, (laughs) always had questions, always. Um, And no question was too difficult or too complicated for my dad, who was understandably a very busy man, but always found time for us. So that was great. It sounds like he had a really big influence on you. I think because we were quite a small family, so it was my parents, my sister and myself, we were very, very close. Um, And I think sort of not living with our extended family for so many years necessarily brought us four quite close together. Um, And I think he definitely sort of shaped my my desire to become a lawyer. So he would he would really challenge me on many of my opinions in a good way. Um, And I I think this constant sort of 
um, need, if, if you like, to defend my positions and to defend them in a sort of intellectually robust way <laughs> put me on the path um, to, to professional advocacy, if you like. I'm smiling because I think your dad and my dad would have got on really, really well because it's the sort of thing that my dad did as well <laughs> to, to me. Um, so I'm smiling because I just, I feel like I know your dad just from you, you talking to him. I, I'm, I'm sitting at the dinner table with those conversations that, are, that were taking place. That's wonderful. Did he like tea as well? My dad was a big, big tea drinker. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And he introduced me, actually, this is going to sound really funny. Um, he introduced me to British comedy when it really wasn't sort of a thing. So I grew up on Only Fools and Horses, on Faulty Towers, on Yes Minister, then Yes Prime Minister. So I think he really shaped my sense of humor and, yeah, my sense of humor as well. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, traveling around with your dad being a diplomat. You, you mentioned about how close you all were. You sort of, you, you had to be close, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's exactly it. We were constantly sort of being thrown into the, the social deep end, if you like. The academic deep end as well, because sometimes we, we didn't start school in September. We started school in January or we started school in February. And one thing I really appreciated about my parents was that they really made an investment in our education. So they always sent us to uh, what, what were called international schools, so as to ensure that our education wasn't as bitty as it could have been. Um, And until we made friends and developed a semblance of a social life, our parents were all we had. Um, And bless them, honestly, Charlotte, they tried so hard. Like, even if our friends or new friends or whatever would live in the sticks, no time was too late for mom or dad to sort of hop in a car and drive us there. Um, It was really like, I, I owe so much to them. (laughs) <laughs> and your your dad so he he was diagnosed and then it was was it quick from diagnosis yes. to when he died so I came home from so I was in my first year of university and um, actually what's really touching is so I, I began this thing that I'd never done before I began writing emails to my dad and I, I found out later that he'd sort of print them off and read them out at, you know, at work bless him I know um, and he'd take them home and show my mom and they'd sort of read them together. Anyway, and at some point he wrote back to me. And this was the only email I have ever received from my dad, I have to say. Because this was before smartphones. It was before Viber. It was before, So I, I don't have, you know, the photos, the chats that kids these, you know, that people these days might have. Um, so he wrote me this email because I was really struggling with constitutional law, I remember. And he was so kind. He was like, I'm so grateful you're questioning things. Um, you know, you should read this and this book. I think it'll really help you because he was a political scientist. So obviously, constitutional law was sort of up his alley. Um, he also sort of encouraged me to, to stand up for the voiceless, to... Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? To stand up for the voices, to stand up for the weak, to ensure that you're constantly looking for for the ideal state. I know this all sounds quite academic, but it was really at the heart of who he was. And I've printed that email off, obviously, and I have it on my wall. Um. So anyway, so we had this email correspondence going on, um, and I came back in December for Christmas, and he wasn't well. 
um, and he he had sort of um, I mean you know in hindsight of hindsight's obviously twenty twenty isn't it he had bloating he had you know lower back pain but that was about it you know it wasn't sort of something horrific and it was something that a fifty six year old man would you know it, it's not so weird for them to suffer anyway so. We sort of tried to get that checked out. No one suspected cancer. Um, and then he sort of checked into hospital because he really he really took a massive downturn. Beginning of January, I would say. And I think he got the diagnosis about then. And then on the 19th of January, he passed away. Um, and it was a real shock you know we didn't and it's part of the reason I'm such a passionate campaigner about it because we, we didn't get the chance to fight it um and I think that's what hurt the most he wasn't given a fighting chance um and obviously sometimes you think like what if we discovered it earlier should we have discovered it earlier um, should I have been on the lookout for some signs? It's really difficult, isn't it? When you've got those what ifs and the the should haves and all of that, and there's nothing, you know, if you don't you don't know what you don't know at, at this point, do you? I think it's really interesting that you are now so passionate about campaigning for this because I think it really fits into your dad and what he was passionate about as well. I think that's a really, it's a good tribute to him. I think this this now. I think that's really really that's what's coming through really strongly to me. Thank you so much. I think I think another reason I feel quite strongly about it is because, you know, I, I am on these groups, for, especially for PC UK, which has, is a phenomenal charity. I wish I knew them when my dad um, had been diagnosed. Um, but they, what's really sad about all these fora is that we're all running in memory of someone. I mean, there's very, very few survivors. And I so desperately want to change this. You know, it's... It's horrific, and it's such a lovely, lovely group. You know, everyone's sort of brought together by this, uh, to an extent, feeling of um, feeling of wanting to do more, just because we couldn't do anything when our loved ones were still alive. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something I feel strongly about. It's definitely something I'm hoping we'll be able to change. At this point, all I can do, not being a scientist or whatever, is raise money so that these boffins, you know, can work their magic and get us uh, an early diagnosis test, because I really think that's going to make a difference. So you've been doing some fundraising things. Tell me about those. My first fundraising was right before COVID. And I we ran in, in memory of, of my friend's dad and my dad. Um, and that was... That was fun, actually. We sort of, we got a group from school going and we, we sort of poked and prodded a little bit because fundraising is always a bit, you have to be a bit shameless, basically, and say, look, I'm running for this. Would you care to sponsor me and be willing to sort of take a no for an answer um, or or a lack of answers sometimes? Um, so I did that and then COVID hit and we were sort of you know, um, up in the air. What I did try to continue doing actually is organize some light ups. So I've been really lucky here because, um, first of all, we're a small country, obviously. So I managed to get um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which is where my dad worked. Obviously, they've really been phenomenal. So they've got this beautiful old. I think I think it's a colonial style building, but I'm not sure. It, it's it's gorgeous. Um, and they've agreed to sort of light it up purple in memory of my dad because he was a colleague. Yeah, so that's that's I'm very, very grateful for that. 
um, and I've also had the Gallery for Contemporary Art and they're lit up for all of November which is great and I try and share it on social media I mean I'm not an influencer by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination but you know if the message gets through to some people um, that's better than nothing and if nothing else they look pretty on the <laughs> on the day of uh, World Pancreatic Cancer Day and that's the thing isn't it it's about raising that awareness and giving someone that fighting chance that, that you mentioned that you that you and your dad missed out on isn't it exactly exactly and what what i'm really touched actually i did a, i did a, i did a sponsored walk this year the big step forward um because it was virtual and it was easier for us to do i was actually really touched by the outpouring of support both both emotional and and financial actually like you know, people I never, ever expected to, you know, I'd get this donation showing up on my page. And I, you know, I, I try and thank each donor individually, because I really mean this, Charlotte, when I say that even one euro or one pound can really help. Um, and, you know, people's messages were just so heartwarming. They're like, that's fantastic. You know, well done. We can't wait to see pictures. Let us know next time so that we can walk with you. It was really good. So we managed to raise, um, I think what was about 800 pounds. I mean, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's not like, wow. But for a little Cypriot, you know, <laughs> it was really... I think it's really good. Every little grain of sand on a beach plays a part. If they, were, if they all disappeared, there'd be no beach, right? It's the same with fundraising. Every pound, pay, every penny plays a part in it. That's exactly, exactly how I felt. Every little penny helps. And obviously, even if people, you know, if people for whatever reason can't donate, which is very, very understandable because, my goodness me, we have not had an easy time of it these past few years. You know, that you know the fact that they share it on social media or the fact that they spread the word in their workplaces, um, even that is, or they try and sort of find contacts to help with the light-ups. I mean, there are so many ways to help with um, raising awareness and money's a very, very small part of it. And you can't really put a price on raising awareness either, can you? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, I, I, you know, the other thing I would like to, to see done is, is basically people, because the symptoms obviously don't really appear until it's a bit too late, but sort of try screening, a blood screening test if people are high risk and so on. I mean, what is a little, you know, prick, basically? Um, so I think that's what we're really trying to do just to give people a better chance at surviving it. Thank you so much to Nicoletta uh, for sharing her story and, of course, having that description of a pancreatic cancer activist. I think that's brilliant and I'm going to change my bio for that. Please, please, please uh, share this podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. It helps so much when it comes to getting uh, the podcast to new people. And, of course, Every single day in November, you will hear a brand new episode. It's all to raise awareness of pancreatic cancer. And you can find out more at purplerainbow.co.uk. And please come back tomorrow for another episode.